0: We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55. I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved, and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Marsha Ben-Weinsberg, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Marsha Ben-Weinsberg, storytelling NLP trainer, speaker, publisher, and author with two podcasts. Marsha is the six-time best-selling author of When She Stopped Asking Why. She shares her lessons as a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse that tore her family unit apart. Marcia has been published seven times, most recently with her co-platform, Everybody Holds a Story, and she is on a mission to continue to help women and men to speak, share, and publish their stories. Through her tools, outspoken NLP certification, programs, coaching, and podcast, Marcia teaches the power of radical responsibility and owning your choices in your own life. She empowers people how to heal and own their stories, be conscious leaders, and build platform businesses that create massive impact. Welcome, Marsha. I'm so happy you're here with us today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I am thrilled to be here.
0: So in getting started, let me just ask you, do you experience getting older? And if so, what is that experience? And if not, why do you think it is that you don't? Um, That's a
1: great question to start. I think that I experience it. And then I think I always put my perspective hat back on and look at it. So if I look at my age as in number, Um, I'm 53. And then sometimes I'm like, how am I 53? I don't even feel like it. I feel like I feel better than I did in my 30s, to be honest. And so it's a number. There are times where what I think I should do in a day is probably based on what I did 30 years ago. And maybe I actually don't have to do that much in one day. And I'm doing more than enough in a day. And I get reminded that no, that's enough. You can pack it in. You're good for today. So I it's a little bit of a dance is what I like to say. But my husband and I both joke all the time that it's, it's amazing because I feel younger than I used to. Where my brain can get caught up in age sometimes is feeling like I'm too late starting or too late doing something. And that almost always comes when I stop and get myself stuck in a cycle of comparison as to where someone else is. But if I focus on me, how I'm feeling, what I'm doing for myself, no, I don't focus on feeling older.
0: Marcia, that is so much, and I'm sure you have too. It is so much what I hear from women I talk to. I have interviewed way over 100 women, over 50. And I'll bet you 95, I haven't kept track, but 95% say, well, yeah, I mean, my body feels older. I have some pains I didn't have. I don't have the same energy that I had or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I feel better than I ever felt. I feel more me. I feel more free. I'm happier. I wouldn't want to go back.
1: No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go back in here's the sense to exactly what you just said is I do feel more free. I do feel more grounded in what I say yes and no to. I feel more trusting of who I am. And, you know, in this online space, a lot of times I'll work with people who are in their twenties or thirties. I do attract a lot of people in that age bracket And I can't even tell you how many times they say, I'm too late. I'm too late starting and I feel old. And I'm like, if you feel that, then I'm in trouble because (laughs) like, it's just, it's really a reminder that I think we can all feel those feelings at any point in our journey. But I always say like the story only ever has the meaning that you give it. So if you want to tell yourself that you're too old, then that's, that's what's true. That's what, that's the truth that you're telling yourself.
0: That blows my mind, that people in their 20s think that it's too late, and they, I mean, that is so sad. I mean, that is, I would see it this way, but that that is a a damning of our youth culture. So if you don't start it when you're 12, you're too old. It's. It's actually,
1: I I agree with you 100%. I even had this conversation with my one son who was like, I have to have my life figured out by 25. And I'm like, Where, who told you that? Because I didn't tell you that. Like, that's, I don't even know where you got that from. And he's like, Well, this is what I'm like, that you're picking that uh, that up off social, social media. That's actually not true. And if that's the truth, then I actually should have been screwed when the pandemic happened, I lost my job, I had back surgery, had to start a brand new career at 50, like brand new. So it's the story is really like, what we tell ourselves is what we make real. And I think that if anything in this time I mean, it's going to be normal that people continuously are growing and reinventing themselves and trying new things and changing careers, et cetera. So it's really unfortunate. Yeah, this is, that's definitely something I hear a lot of. That's
0: amazing. That blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in my 70s and I feel as if I can just keep, I can just keep starting over. I can just keep doing new things. Um, And I don't know why. I don't know how long it's going to take our culture to to get in line with what's real. Because there that's, that's the new reality. When we're in our 50s, our 50s aren't the new 30s. We're the new 50s and 60s and 70s. And um, it blows my mind that we still have so much ageism when the reality is that's not where we are anymore.
1: It's not at all. What a great, absolutely love the way that you've said that. And I think, I think that is so true. I've, I mean, I know I can speak. We are in a space between my husband and I, where our parents are aging and, and in the family, many times I'll hear "Well, I am this age. And I'm like, but like, that's, that's also a mindset thing too. And I think that's a perspective. I found an audio the other day that just hit me and it was this audio said like 20 years from now, you're going to look back and wish that you were like, that you appreciated the age that you were at when you were there and think of what you were doing, what you were saying. And it's funny because I shared it and somebody said, do you think you're going to be podcasting in 20 years? I'm like, probably like, (laughs) I mean, I think I will be because I enjoy it. And if I enjoy it, then I'm not going to not do it because of an age
0: number. Right. I mean, I don't know how many people, I don't know how many, and we need to stop saying this to people. When are you going to retire? And I think, I don't want to retire. I mean, this is what I want to do. If I retired, I'd want to turn around and then do this again, because it's what I want to do. So.
1: Isn't that a great question though? Like I, thank you for sharing. That's a really great question because somebody said that to me. If you won, and I love doing this to myself, if you won the lottery or came into a lot of money, would you still do what you do now? And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. I actually actually would do it. I would do the podcasting. I would do exactly what I'm doing now. And you know what? Not a lot of people get to say that.
0: That's right. I feel very fortunate that I can and do do what I love. And if I won the lottery, what I would do, I would keep doing what I'm doing, but I would hire some people to make it easier. Well, you're creating jobs, and I think that's very responsive, <laughs> right? Possible, that's right. right? That's right. <laughs> so, Marcia, for people who might not know, tell us what NLP is. Oh.
1: NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. It is literally how your mind works and understanding more of how your mind works. Our very simple way of saying it, if you think of the picture of the iceberg, we can all relate to that. You see the top of the iceberg and you can't see the bottom of the iceberg. So the top of the iceberg is your conscious mind. That is what you set a goal with, right? Everybody's really good at making a vision board and saying what their goal is. Your subconscious mind is responsible for 95% of what you think, what you believe, what your decisions are, your identity. And a lot of that was formed even before the age of seven years old. It doesn't mean you can't change it. It's just recognizing that's where all the limiting beliefs, decisions, and patterns sit. So it's the bottom of the iceberg. You don't see it. So the goal setter is your conscious mind and it sets that goal. But the goal getter is your subconscious mind and you have to learn how to bring that on board. And when you can actually mirror and pair your conscious mind and your subconscious mind, you're going to create results that you just had no idea. And so for me, NLP came into my life um, almost two and a half years ago when you know pandemic happened. I was actually in the hospital recovering from a back surgery. It was Um, a time where nobody could come in and see me. I'm not overplaying this. I just want to share to give a context. I almost died twice from um, my surgery and I sat there and went, okay, Marsha, we're doing this differently. Like we're not going to do this the way that you have done it in the past. And I think it's really important that I learn more about myself and how my thoughts work and what I was thinking and what I was doing. And the other reason is because I spent most of my life pushing to burnout over and over again, and then not feeling like I was doing enough. And meanwhile, I'm doing like three times what the average person is doing. And it was like, there's got to come a point when this is enough. You don't need to repeat this cycle. So NLP crossed my path and I just decided to learn more. And what I did learn is more about myself, my emotions, my thoughts, my patterns, the things that I do that aren't always helping me. And I also started to understand that there was a lot of pieces of healing that I had skipped in my journey, in, in our story in overcoming challenges. I hadn't given myself the time to like learn, heal, just give myself some space. And that's actually what NLP ended up becoming for me is just one of the best things I've ever done for myself.
0: So Roshan, let's go back and and, and now let me ask you the the first of the two questions uh, that you hadn't gotten to yet. And that was, what is Outspoken NLP?
1: Mm, I love this question. And so first off, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, this is a coaching slash certification program. So when people finish it, They leave as an NLP practitioner, which means they can use those tools with themselves or with others. So, you know, hypnosis, tapping, time techniques, things like that. And they have a much better understanding of how their brain works, how emotions, what drives them, et cetera. But the difference is, is that because I've gone through all of my training to be an NLP trainer now, I can make the program in any way that suits me and my skills and what I like to support people with. And so I thought I sat for a long time and the word outspoken kept coming to me. And it's really a six month container to support people in, you know, finding their voice, understanding what has been holding them back from using their voice, where those limiting beliefs are coming from, how to navigate through them, how to, I think that a lot of this comes down to learning how to coach yourself because i have this big deep seated belief that you have no business coaching a client if you don't coach yourself like you you can only take a client wherever you're taking yourself and so through this process outspoken kept speaking to me because i i have podcasts and books and and coaching and speaking and all of it is centered around sharing challenging vulnerable stories and so it's really funny when I landed on that word because it also made me think back to what is the number one word I would, was called as a kid constantly was outspoken. You're so outspoken. It's like I grew up in the era where kids were to be seen and not heard, right? We weren't to be, we weren't to be heard. I wasn't very good at following that rule. And I think it's actually really funny that majority of what I do as a career is speaking. Like almost everything I do is related to speaking. So Outspoken made a lot of sense. And it is really just this beautiful small container where we take people through the tools, techniques, and then in the
0: process, they also learn how to share that vulnerable story. I love that. So Outspoken NLP really helps people speak their story, speak their truth, speak, speak, Oh, who they are to speak.
1: Exactly. Voice and being able to share. And I think it's really important that part of the process that we work on is being able to share like what's holding you back, our own limiting beliefs. And then the other piece is really learning how to share a vulnerable story and always leaving others in integrity. And that's a very big trigger thing that people reach out and say, that's not possible. I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because if you share your part of the story, that's vulnerability. If I were to stand in this space and tell you everything about my kids, that's not vulnerability. That's gossip. And so it's really bringing it back to us and sharing who we are. And when we do that, we can leave everyone integrity. I can never control how people perceive what I say. I can control how I say it.
0: I love that. You can control what you say and how you say it. I can
1: never control because we always have our own lens, right? Like it's, so how I even perceive what someone else is saying is based 100% on the lens that I'm wearing. And that lens is based up of my filters, how my brain works, how I think, what the stories I've told myself. And so, I mean, I'm sure everybody can relate. You've ever said something and people will respond in a way. It's like, that's not what I said. I didn't even say that, but everybody will respond with the lens that they wear, not in how you said it. So it's really important that you learn how to share in a really true, authentic way and always leaving everyone integrity and being respectful.
0: So that's interesting. So it's a little bit how I perceive what you said is a little bit the same as the narrative you were talking about before.
1: Oh, good. Very good connection. I love that. That No one's ever done that before. But yes, because the we have that story piece, right? We have the story of what actually happened. And the narrative is what we tell ourselves about that story and how we replay it. Everybody has a different narrative. That's like that game when we were kids and you'd play telephone, right? Like you'd actually say the story and then you'd go around the room. And by the time it came back to you, it wasn't anything close to what you said. And that's like in direct translation. That's not even really adding all the different filters. And so we all have filters of how we perceive things, right? And how we see them. And when it comes to learning to like grow ourselves and, and be in this space, Part of it is recognizing what your filters are, because I see it in myself sometimes. I'm like, why did you respond that way, Marsha? Like, what were you doing? Like, and I will call myself on it because it's. I think that's that's the other piece about being able to be honest and transparent and coach yourself. It's like I don't like how I just behave. Where did that come from? And it's like my filters are off. Maybe I need more self care. Maybe I need better boundaries. So we're leading ourselves at all times. And I think that what we achieve and create and get to do in our life, a lot of it has to do with how we show up, how we connect, how we lead ourselves, because we can't just sit back and wait for like the world to fall in line the way that we want it to. We have to step out and do that first. So it's always coming
0: down to leading ourselves. Love that. So, Marcia, of all the things you've done so far, what is next?
1: Well, and I call my big shot here because this is because I believe in putting it out there. Um, I have published seven times and I have had every experience under the sun where I've worked with different publishing um, companies and houses. And I would love to say that I had really good experiences. I didn't. I had some really tough experiences And last year, I had the idea of creating, um, I don't even want to call it a publishing house, but like a publishing service to support people in sharing vulnerable stories. And because I'd seen it done so poorly so many times and experienced it firsthand with my own lens, then I was like, I don't even know if I can do that. And then it just has just been hammering down the last few months. I had somebody reach out out of nowhere and say, Um, would you help me with my book? He was a guy, he has a story of mental health and addiction. And he's like, I think you're the person to help me with it. And I'm like, okay, I don't even have that advertised. And so it was like, all right, let's have a talk. And he signed on immediately and I love it. He really got burned by his publisher and he's like, will you help me publish it? I'm like, absolutely. And so we're working with him. And after him came about five inquiries for their books. And I'm like, Okay, universe is literally saying, Marsha, will you just pay attention for once? And so that's what we're doing. I'm I'm literally starting a part of my language. Write your damn book mastermind <laughs> because because most people who cross my path have the vision of writing their book, but they're always thinking that the world's going to open up and give them time and space to write it, and that's just not how it works. And so we're starting that um, this summer and just working with a group of people to help them to get their book done and get that out there, especially when it comes to sharing more vulnerable stories. Because I really believe deep down, our stories connect us, our stories like bring the people into our life. And so, if I can help more people learn how to share them, that's what's next. So, we're doing the certification program and we have set up all the back end to start publishing and
0: supporting people and writing their books. So, I love it. So, do you have a name for this new publishing company?
1: Well, right now, it's probably going to be called like Marcia Van Weinsberg, um, part of my house of coaching. Um, but the name, no, the name has not dropped down yet as a name. I don't want it to be called publishing house. I can see it being either agency or services or something, but it hasn't dropped down yet. Pardon me once. I like the word outspoken. Outspoken is always spoken to me. But it doesn't always speak to everyone else, right? Like it's, it, some people go, that's a little bit, but who knows? I don't know. I'm right now, we're working with people and starting it. And even without the business having a name. So, anybody who's listening, you do not have to have all of your ducks in line before you follow through on something. Like, I believe seriously, you need, if you want to build confidence, get into action, get into action, do something. Get some feedback and continue to go from there. And it'll unfold in ways that you can't see right now, but you will never be able to think your way to being ready. You just have to
0: go and do it. I love that, Mosha I have, I don't know how many different, um, oh, workshop leaders or coaches or whatever that over the years I've heard say, if somebody asks you something that is intriguing to you, can you do this? You say yes, and yeah. then you figure out how to do it.
1: I couldn't agree more. And I often say that, like when somebody asks me for something or if I'm asked to speak at something, I go with my very first gut. My first gut might say, um, yeah, absolutely say yes. And then if the second thought comes in that it's like, ooh, how can I do that? Can I do that? That's just your ego trying to keep you safe. Go with the first one. Because at the very worst case scenario, if you don't love it, at least you have feedback now. It's like, okay, that's not for me. That's not what but I have not been misguided. I can say the majority of times that I've followed my gut and even this, like even this, this publishing, I've probably received three or four messages in the last two days saying, I don't know why you didn't do this sooner. Like it's, it's here. (laughs) I just want to say the strengths that we have, we tend to undermine them and we think everybody has them and we downplay it. But how others see it, it's a reminder for us that it's like, okay, so I'm not like off my rocker by doing this. They're like, no, if I was going to publish a book, you'd be exactly who I would reach out to. So, you know, just pay attention to anybody listening, like don't downplay your strengths because they're there. They're there. You just, you have to start to believe in them because everyone else, I just want to say this one thing, everyone else can pour into you and believe in you and throw the comments and say they support you. It means nothing if you don't believe in yourself, like nothing, no one's going to fix that. That's, that's for you to do. So once you do that, as I started today, I was like, okay, getting into action, had a few phone
0: calls. I'm like, okay, here's evidence. We're building this. Like, this is how we start to build that belief in ourselves. That's um, such a good example. I mean, I've sometimes heard people say, oh, he's so lucky. And I think, well, oh yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's that there is luck, I don't doubt that. But you are—you have been very, quote, lucky with getting this publishing started because you paid attention. You were open, mm-hmm. uh, and if you're open to possibility, then you're going to see possibility and grab hold of it. And then to somebody else, it's going to look like luck. Oh my gosh! Isn't that the truth?
1: Like, and if you've ever heard somebody say that, like, she's so lucky. It's like, okay, did you see the last 10 years before that, that led to that? Like, it's not luck. It is not luck. And it's funny because it's like, this has been something I've been doing for like seven, eight years. It just felt really scary to say, yes, this is what we're going to do. But as I'm helping this, this male with his book, and I mean his story is um, we need more men sharing stories. I just want to share that. I really feel that we do. And as he's sharing his story and putting it out there, I am just so connected to what he's doing and it's incredible. And he's sharing stories with me of how he was getting burned and what was happening with the other publishing, et cetera. And it's like, you know what? It doesn't have to be like this. Like, it really doesn't have to be like this. So, sometimes your next big idea is something that you can see, maybe you could do a little differently. And he came to you out of nowhere. We were not even connected. And it was just this incredible. I know I love those amazing, amazing. He's like, I watched a video and I was like, I don't know if you do this, but could you? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I can actually. So it was a blessing. It was a blessing because I'm I'm so grateful to be able to help him.
0: All right. So this has been so much fun. I have loved talking to you. So if somebody would like to get in touch with you for any of the things you do, including your new publishing, um, how can they get in touch with you? I've made it very easy
1: because my um my name is long. So everything on my online, on Google, on social media is all under Marsha Van W. When you start typing Marsha Van W, it will come up. And that's my website, et cetera. You can connect with me anywhere on social media. And my podcast is called Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And, and that, that is again like, slower. I didn't understand it. Sorry. Own your choices, own your life. Because that's what happens when you take responsibility and own your choices. You can change your life. And Mm -hmm. yes, so that is available on all platforms. And we have just passed episode 558. So
0: good for you. Good for you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I love it. I love it. It's a beautiful platform and allows me to connect with so many people, right? Like I just love the conversations
0: that I get to have. Yes, me too. I understand that. Mm -hmm. So that's our time for today please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. You can find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Marsha Van Weinsberg. And don't forget, you can find her at marshavanw.com. Right? That's right. That's right. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Oh, you're welcome, Marcia. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com, and get my free spark guide, Seven Questions to Ignite Your Spark, to help you discover your own spark.